Welcome everyone to Watch Challenge. On each episode, we challenge ourselves to find and watch a film of a particular type and then report back the results to each other and you fine listeners. My name is Mike Went. And I'm Aaron Spears. This episode's challenge, we went with one word titles. Fairly self-explanatory. Has the titles have one <laughs> word, any country, any time period, um, any director, any genre. How did you whittle this one down, Mike? Yeah, uh, so I really, you know, based on our first episode, I went with something that's kind of very mainstream and, uh, you know, very new. So I wanted, my intention was to look for a classic film that I haven't seen. You know, there are so many, I, I think of those classic films that I've heard of, or I, you know, I can talk about in regular conversation but i actually haven't seen them which i sure. you know it's kind of like you know you, you feel like a liar and uh some, some kind of cheat or like but this cinephile but you know who, who knows of this film but you've never seen it so right. i um you know in, in you know kind of going in some of these honorable mentions uh i you know i i wanted to watch something classic and i uh so i went on hbo max has this um you know, Turner classic movies section. And I, I went through and I, I found three films that I narrowed it, whittled it down to. Okay. Um, and I'll explain why I didn't go eventually watch any of these, but, uh, <laughs> it the first one for me was rope, uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. some reason I, I, I own it. I own it on Blu-ray and VHS, but I've never watched it. Uh, and I just know it's it's famous for being like this one shot movie. Yep. yep. Um, Limelight by Charlie Chaplin, which was oh, yeah, uh, something yeah. that he made in the you know towards the end of his career. Mm-hmm. And then the one that I got the furthest along, but I fell asleep because <laughs> I I started it way too late. Was uh, Sweetie, which is um, one of Jane Campion's first films. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I, I think it was released maybe like in eighty nine or eighty eight. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was catching me, but I just have this bad habit of starting things too late. And I wake up about 515 every day, uh, to, you know, to to go to the gym. So uh, and that, that's not not that's not trying to pat myself for going to the gym. But it's just one of those things where I wish I was more of a night owl. But I right, right, right. <laughs> Wait, so what's what's starting a movie late to you? Like, what time is that? Well, gonna... I started it about like 1145 at night. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> but, yourself, yeah. Like, and I, I get some sleep. people's definitions. That's probably not that late. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but it was, it was a school night, I guess, you know, <laughs> I was just, I'm married to a high school math teacher. And so like nine o'clock is too late to start a movie. Cause <laughs> yeah. you know, the same thing, you know, you get up at like four forty five, five o'clock in the morning. And it was like, yeah. 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 <laughs> so 11 is like, yeah, it's like your 1am. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's funny you mention Rope and Hitchcock because I kind of I I kind of went the same way at first. I was like, all right, let me let me go with the classic because um, I wanted to kind of go super early in, in cinema history, and well, which Hitchcock isn't super super early, but uh, there's one of his that a friend of mine just watched Frenzy, which actually is even later in his career. So that yeah. doesn't make any sense that that was my preface to this comment, but I've never seen Frenzy, and I was like, wait a minute, Frenzy Rope, like you said. Um, spellbound, notorious, psycho, vertigo—like he's kind of the king of the one-word title. Yeah, 
Which is really fascinating, too, because all of his titles, just they elicit like Notorious or, you know, Vertigo. Psycho, I think, maybe pops the most. We are like, it, it also is so his brand. Like they're not yeah. like they're very grab you one word titles, which is um, I think the, the beauty of a one word title, hopefully, is that it's not just this innocuous, just generic title. It's something that you're like, oh, that that should capture you. And that's all you need is that 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 one word. I wonder if, you know, because he was always so big about having his name like on the marquee, what, what was it just one of those things where Ooh. because it's always going to say Alfred Hitchcock's yeah. psycho or, right. or rope or something like was it was that maybe in the back of his head where keep it simple because my name's going to be splashed all over. Yeah, I think you're probably right, because also then technically he's all of his movies to him are those are all three word titles. <laughs> right. Right. Um, right. No, that ha- that's probably yeah. No, I think you're I think you're onto something there. That makes a lot of sense. I so I also was uh so once I saw that one, I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, there was a couple in there that I was curious to see, but then I was like, well, I'm not really in the mood for that. When I went to sit down and actually watch it, so I I, I started breaking breaking them down by genres. So depending on what what night I decided to watch the movie, like what am I in the mood for tonight? So there's a '70s comedy called chatterbox which i i think is hilarious it's one of those 70s sex comedies um it's streaming on like amazon or tubi or one of those uh but it's it's a woman who desires stardom but then it turns out that her vagina starts talking and singing and so (laughs) she you know embraces it and uh that's you know an attraction so she gets her 15 minutes of fame because of that and it's a comment on fame and how like you know you may desire fame but it's not necessarily like going to be all, you know, roses and, you know, fun and all that sort of stuff. (laughs) So that would be, that's an honorable mention. And then, um, I did it as a rewatch, even though it was a one word title, uh, but network. Um, Oh, yes. About, uh, on the last episode, we were talking about best picture nominees. Uh, you mentioned DiCaprio in don't look up compared to his performance, um, in once upon a time in Hollywood, which was your pick and how he freaks out in the trailer. He freaks out in front of the cameras and don't look up. Um, to me, like that was his network moment and don't look up. Yes. Yes. And I've seen network a hundred times and, uh, but I was rewatching it and I was like, that's a one word title. I'm like, no, 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 I need something. I'm going to go with something else. But yeah, those, both of those just, just, just popped up as kind of my, my honorable mentions. I wanted to shout out cause you know, varying genres and different things, but depending on what you were in the mood for, um, I ended up, I ended up more in the mood for, for a kind of a historical drama when I actually sat down to, uh, to watch it for, for this particular episode. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, let's get into it. Like, what what did you end up picking? Oh, so I went with um, Selma from 2014, directed by yes. Ava DuVernay. He's got supporters. Detroit, New York, Los Angeles, inciting large-scale arrests and sympathy marches. I'm very aware of that, Mr. Hoover. What I do know is he's nonviolent. What I need to know right now... What Martin Luther King about to do next? Mr. President, Dr. King is here. Mr. President, in the South, there have been thousands of racially motivated murders. We need your help, Dr. King. This thing's just going to have to wait. It cannot wait. You've got one big issue. i got 101. Summer it is. Here is the next great battle. Selma's the place, and they read it. Dr. King! I tell you... That white boy can hit. You will not tolerate our 
agitators attempting to orchestrate a disturbance in this state. It is unacceptable that they use their power to keep us voiceless. Those that have gone before us say no more. People actually say they're going to kill our children. They're trying to get inside of your head. What happens when a man stands up, says enough is enough? We build the path as we came, rock by rock. I remember watching this when it came out in theaters. Um, I even checked my my film notebook, and it was like number three on my list that year, my my top ten list. Um, but I was like, I was having a hard time. Other than well, also it's a known event, like the, mm-hmm. the Selma March. And I was like, I can visually picture. Um, I'm gonna totally. I'm I, I have a hard trouble with uh, David's name, the star OAU. Yeah, David. Uh, apologies yeah, but yeah exactly <laughs> i could picture him i could picture you know tim roth as george mcgovern um i could picture you know i remember oprah winfrey was in there i was like i don't remember any details of this movie and so i did that one as a you know it wasn't it wasn't a fresh watch it, it was a fresh watch it wasn't a brand new movie too sure. but holy shit does that movie pack a punch oh yeah i think Part what really stood out to me on the rewatch was the cinematography. She has Bradford Young in there doing the cinematography, who's got a really varied and a really fascinating career. Um, he also shot Arrival, mm-hmm. and he, which is wildly different visual look than Selma. Yes. And then he also shot Ain't Them Body Saints, working with uh, David Lowry, and that looks visually different than all of these. But one thing I did notice, I and I also I looked it up because I, I wanted to read some interviews with him. He's a real big fan of natural light. Which, yeah. as a filmmaker, Mike, I'm sure you can appreciate the headaches that can come with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're committed to only shooting with, with natural light. Yes. But I think it really, really, really works. Uh, I mean, he works it very, very well um, in, in Selma. And there's actually an interesting note. He, he mentioned, looking back in film history, movies like In the Heat of the Night, which I think was uh, as a Haskell Wexler shot that one, and um, some of his heroes as, as cinematographers. And he said, you know, Haskell Wexler was known, which I was not aware of it uh, until I read this, was was known as like he shot Sidney Poitier's character and all the African-American actors in in the heat of the night differently because he was like, it's a different color. Like yeah. you're shooting white people, um, you know, it, it's it's literally it's a different color. So you need to light it a little differently. And Poitier was said like, oh, my God, finally, <laughs> you know, to Haskell yeah. Wexler. Um, and so uh, Bradford Young was saying he was like, yeah, you have to light you don't light like a. You know, you don't light, light a purple room the same way you do, like if it's a all yellow room or something. You know, it's, so you have to be aware of that. And like when they're in the cells, when when uh, Doctor King, David playing Doctor King, um, when he's in the jail cell and they're kind of talking, like it's shot with natural light against a window, and it's very distinct and and interesting. So I didn't think I was actually going to be mentioning the cinematography quite so much, but it was. Yeah, it, it struck me so much. And then when you really get to like the buildup of the actual Selma March, like he really employs handheld camera to make it feels like you're watching a raw news feed from that moment and it's god it's so um it's so visceral that uh it's i don't know like it really it really resonated with me on this watch and is stuck in my brain now it's like why didn't it do that when i watched it i think it was early 2015 actually when it finally came out here in cleveland yeah no you're you're exactly right because it i think the it was one of those movies that it was like it was showing up in all these top 10 lists but Mm -hmm. Uh, where oftentimes here in Cleveland, it's like we'll hear about these things, but then they don't come out until about Martin Luther King Day weekend, or right, yeah. <laughs> or, or sometimes like like especially with some of the foreign films, like it always seems to be like February. I I, I don't know why, but yeah. you know, uh, I mean, you know, maybe we're not always in high 
high re- in the highest regard of the film bookers or something like yeah. that. But yeah, having, but yeah, having I, worked at a movie theater in the area here, like yeah, we were we weren't in that like that top twenty five fifty cities that would uh that would get those movies right away. We're like, come on, but they do good once they get here. Exactly, exactly. I feel like we're a pretty major city, but that's. But just then weird. by time, but by time they get here, sometimes I think the buzz, you know, like yeah, the buzz has died down, yeah, and and then like people are like, oh, that's that's actually here now, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that that I could go on, I could have a whole podcast about things that that film bookers do wrong, but no, no, who'd be listening anyway, to that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would, but yeah, well, so I. I think I came up with an answer to why it resonates to me with me now. And I think anybody that would watch it now, it would resonate as well. It's like when it came out, it was the end towards the end of the Obama era. Like he wasn't Mm -hmm. running for reelection again. He was wrapping up that time. And it was, it wasn't that it wasn't an important film. It came out and it was regarded as an important film. Um, There was even a quote, I mean, this is age ago, so I can't remember it, but it was a critic I, I read was mentioning that like, it's a very important history lesson, but it doesn't feel like it's a lecture like it doesn't feel yeah. like it's like hey you need to know this i mean it feels like that but it doesn't feel like it's i don't know like there's just such an energy to it it doesn't feel like yeah. that history lecture um you know on film but it felt like a document it's a great film but it was like a historical document now you know eight years later a trump presidency later watching people struggle for the right to be able to vote again um in the movie you're watching them battle against like open racists, mobs carrying confederate flags uh old white male politicians desperate trying to hold on to power segregation yeah. like oh god this this resonates unfortunately and uh hurts well and i also uh one of the things that i think is great about that film and it seems to be a trend amongst different films that are about historical figures lately is it focuses on a very specific time period in that in that right. person's life yeah um I, I look at like films like uh lincoln uh yep. you know the spielberg film like that that was like i think focused on like three or four months of, of yeah. his life and yeah, it's, not, it's not the um, whole life yeah right in yeah. jackie um a couple oh, years yeah. ago was uh you know a very specific time period and even though it's not a traditional biopic, the most recent film Spencer also focuses on like this, this, you know, a supposed time period in um, Princess Diana's life. I, I, I think that it was wise of her, uh, Ava DuVernay to yeah. kind of focus in on this section mm-hmm. uh, of, of his life because it might be one of the most powerful uh, moments of the civil rights movement. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And also because the way she structures it, too, it's like he's accepting the Nobel Prize. And then you see like the uh, the four little girls, like the Spike Lee documentary, you see the bombings yes. by the yes. KKK there. And it it it's not really a fractured or multi-character narrative, even though it it, it kind of starts out more that way. But then it all slowly comes together here in Selma. So you feel everything that's on the line mm-hmm. for the activists yeah. in there. So like it it feels a little fractured at first, but then it all just comes together in such an intense focus. And. Also, like my, I guess, you know, like my last comment on, on why it, it really hits is um, it's a story we know, like we know how it ends. And when you're mm. going into a movie where, I mean, if you don't know all the ins and outs of it, you know how that particular uh, uh, specific protest ends. And we also know where it goes with historic, like, you know, voting rights legislation. 
hope hope that sticks around um right, right. but um it we know where it's going to end but there's still like you feel the drama like i felt myself tensing up you know as these scenes were unfolding i was like wait wait wait. i, I know exactly i know how this i know how this goes but to be able as a filmmaker and as a storyteller to, to get that visceral reaction out of people when we know how it's going to end um i think takes something special with historical films like that yeah and it i think you know even there, there's been such a call for it as of now but you know, even five, six, seven years ago when that came out, mm-hmm. uh, it really did give a, a great showcase to the great black actors of our time. Um, oh, know, yeah. Because, uh, you know, I, I mean, now there, there's such a call for diversity. And I, I, I think especially this year, there, there's been a really great wide diversity in in a lot of the films that are kind of up for uh, award consideration. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that was... Um, you know, that was definitely the, you know, what we've been working towards. It was all in that film for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And with Ava DuVernay too, she's very cognizant of that, like in front of the camera and behind the camera as well. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to go on and on and on. No, no, it's great. But like it really resonated this time. I was like, damn, okay. Yeah. No, it really makes me want to rewatch it now because I I probably haven't seen it since it came out in the theater, but I, I do remember, uh, just being very emotional watching. Yeah. It. Yeah. So, well, Mike, what, what did you end up picking out of those honorable mentions? What was it you actually ended up going with? Sure. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, I, I started watching, I mean, Sweetie, I think was, was the one that I was going to go with uh, mm-hmm. by Jane Campion. And I will, I will finish it one day. It, it, it was a very kind of like charming uh, Australian film, but I ended up uh, a friend of mine kind of kindly reminded me, that um, a movie that unfortunately was was one of the ones that it, it came out in theaters here uh, at the at the Cedar Lee for one week, and I, you know it was like a blink and you miss it. Oh yeah, and um, it's by one of my favorite filmmakers uh, who you know he has a very wild um, filmography, but it's Paul Verhoeven's Benedetta is what Ooh, I ended up okay. watching. Benedetta. Viens à moi. J'arrive, Seigneur. J'arrive. On ne comprend pas toujours les instruments de Dieu. Prenez-moi. Un couvent n'est pas un lieu de charité, cher enfant. Pourquoi tu es là Dieu te parlera dans beaucoup de langues. To most people, when you, if you hear about this film, it will be, you know, it's known as like the lesbian nun movie. That's exactly what I was just going to (laughs) say. But um, it was, you you know, I think true to Paul Verhoeven's style. um, Mm -hmm. It was very, you know, it it was kind of titillating, but then also... It, it was like just masterfully filmed and it, it, it's a very interesting just uh, watch. And for those who don't have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, the film is about a th- this woman, uh, Benedetta, who uh, at a very early age is dropped off at a, um, you know, a, a nunnery back in those days when you were when when a, a woman was. 
uh, taken to the nuns, you had to pay like a dowry and everything to, to oh, be okay. accepted into it. And um, so then it, it flashes forward and she is now um, considered one of the, the top, you know, the, a mother superior, one of the top nuns. And um, she starts to have these very intense visions of Jesus Christ. Um, okay. And while she's having these visions, there happens to be a young woman who is, um, you know, kind of like an outcast of the of the town that they live in. You know, her father is abusing her. So the, the nunnery takes her in and Benedetta and this this young um, nun and I, I there, there's like a title for or like a associate nun or something like that. Oh yeah, um, yeah. there's a hierarchy start, there. Yes, yeah. Uh, they start this. There is a a romance that that starts to brew between. And obviously, back in those days, uh, you know, and I guess it's still faced during these times. But like you know, that it was looked very down upon in in the body of the church, but. As uh, Benedetta starts to see these visions, she starts to have these lacerations in her in her hands. So, like at one time, she's touching the hands of Jesus, and then she has holes in her hands, much like him. So there becomes this question amongst all the nuns yeah. and the priests in the church: is is she really seeing? the the vision of of jesus or is she doing stigmata fake things oh oh yeah, um, yeah. okay so it becomes this kind of there becomes like this trial uh amongst the all the nuns in the in the, in the high priests mm-hmm. to to determine if benedetta is a liar or not um it it, it was a very interesting just yeah it, it's a very uh, interesting film. I mean, there's tons of nudity. There's th- lots of sex. It's, I mean, it, it's still Paul Verhoeven. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, with, with him, I mean, but, uh, I was doing a little bit of reading about him and he is a, by all means, like one of the, he, he is like apparently this, uh, very fascinated about the, the, uh, about religion and the life of Jesus, like wrote this book called uh, Jesus of Nazareth, I, be- I believe. Oh, that he and, wrote? Yes. Oh, and he was, he's always intended to make uh, like the definitive movie about the life of Christ, but okay. ended up making this movie about, <laughs> you know, a, a nun who, uh, you know, kind of goes down this spiral, but it, it is based on a, a true a true life life story. Okay. And uh, it's just, um, you know, in his, I don't know, like obviously the first movie that I saw by him was RoboCop, um, which I think is probably in my top 25 of movies of all time. Um, Yeah. Just, just because of it is brutally violent, but it's also like black, you know, black comedy, like, Oh yeah. 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 So this movie, while it, it, it is kind of serious in nature, but there are moments that that he injects comedy into this very non traditional um, mm-hmm. kind of story. Yeah, he's he's an interesting director. That every time I sample a movie of his, or every time I go in and watch one, even if I don't like it, there's still a lot to kind of 
to mull over or think about. I mean, you just picture the way Showgirls has evolved within film culture. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, he, he's he's a deliberate filmmaker, even if you're not uh, like totally on board with what he's doing in any particular film. Um, there's still a lot a lot going on in any any given one of his movies. And uh, as someone who loves you know going back for a rewatch, like I've rewatched stuff where I was like. I remember being like, I went with friends and I was like, I'm not a huge Arnold fan. I'm not a real big sci-fi fan at the time watching Total Recall. I mean, like, yeah. what are you guys talking about? Like, you know, it was like, it's fine. It's just a dumb action movie. And you're like, oh, wait, there's, there's some things, there's some things in here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Robocop is, is a great example. Like you said, I, people kind of focus on the, the tech or the sci-fi nature of it, uh, which at this point isn't terribly sci-fi in, in some regards, <laughs> yeah. as far as like robots policing or whatever. But there's like the satire in that movie is so on point. Yeah, I I actually um, a few months ago when when House of Gucci came out, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, went to see it with some friends and I I'll be honest, like I wasn't complete completely into that movie. Like I I liked the first hour, but I thought it kind of petered out Mm -hmm. and we were kind of saying like, you know, Ridley Scott's a great filmmaker, but he probably wasn't the right person to make that. You know who would have made a great House of Gucci Paul Verhoeven, uh, like because he would have probably because there is there is some there's like touches of camp in House mm-hmm. of Gucci, but I feel like you need like somebody like that who is yeah. not afraid and, to just go full yeah. full on oh, yeah. into the camp and probably make it a little more maybe you know uh, it a little bit more than yeah than yeah, it yeah. Was by uh, Ridley Scott who is great you know but you know he's I think he's he's better for those like Gladiator, uh, Last, Last Duel, Duel kind of movies, yeah, sure. which was I think Last Duel is fantastic. But when I keep seeing House of Gucci showing up in all these like nomination lists, I'm just like, I, apparently he didn't make the Last Duel this year or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, also, when you have Lady Gaga in your movie too, like she has never veered away from camp. Like you, right. her and Paul working together would be kind of oh my awesome. god, yeah, it, it would be. <laughs> amazing but so yeah it, like, like i said uh uh kind of going back to the the whole theme of the episode i in a million if you would have asked me like a week ago was right. benedetta gonna be end up being the movie that i watched probably not but uh i'm just grateful for certain film friends who uh who like to remind me of things when, <laughs> when, because it really was like i i swear like you know you heard about it and then it did come out here, but it was maybe like one showing a day. And I just, sometimes you have to like strategically plan if you're going to go that one day of the theater, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that was uh that's a really very true. And uh, a good pick of all of the movies too, just as you're saying, how, what a, what a weird path it ended up being to get to that particular movie. <laughs> uh, when I, we got up today. Uh, we were talking about like watching something later on tonight, and and Kelly she's like, "Oh, uh, is Benedetta or House of Gucci streaming yet?" There was like those two that we were <laughs> like, for. "I was like, how did Benedetta come up?" And then it's like, she's like, "Oh, some podcast recommended it or whatever," and said it was good. I was like, "I'll I'll check and see." So, yeah, I'm even I, more. Let me know what I, you I think. No, um, some of the ins and outs you were describing there. I was like, I knew it as the lesbian nun movie, and it had really good reviews. So I was like, I was trying to go in, uh, I was yeah. going old. So I was like, yeah, I'll trust it. That's fine. But I'm I'm definitely intrigued now. Well, yeah, and I I think it it plays it doesn't like um, I don't know I the the way how the actresses like and it's it is in French, um, so but the way how they 
the actresses uh, portray these characters, it is it is done so well. Like they 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 really play off each other very very well, and um, I I don't know. It, it was just a, a very unique film. Like I you know I sometimes I hate giving the star ratings, but you know it, it was definitely like a solid you know four for me. It, it was just yeah. really entertaining. Nice. All right. So what? What challenge uh, should we do for ourselves uh, next time, Aaron? Well, only being a couple of shows in, I was thinking a um, few other topics, but I was like, you know, I think we need one of those oddball ones where we're like, wait, what, what, what is that one um, kind of reaction? Because uh, like that's sort of the the some of the parts that really energize me with like having a watch challenge is like, okay, it has to be like you know a vampire movie from the seventies or something like really <laughs> really like specific there that I, like I wouldn't necessarily just go pick that next week to watch, but like yeah, let's dive in. That's not the topic, by the way, although I'm going to write that down. (laughs) Yeah. Might have to put that in the pocket. (laughs) I went with, um, straight to VHS action. Uh, in that heyday of like, you know, the late eighties, early nineties, the video store was, was, was King. Cause like you didn't have the explosion of cable the way you have now. I mean, it was, it was good and you had HBO and stuff, but just wandering the video store, uh, I guess for younger listeners, you know, if you're browsing the categories on Netflix, you used to have to physically do that at a, at a video store, then, you know, pick out that movie, take it home, you know, rent it, take it home and watch it. And um, I, I've been going through like, like Tubi is a free streaming app and a few other ones. Yes. Where I was like, man, I'm getting like a very video store browsing vibe off here with like the cover art for some of these. Um, I was thinking of like, I know Action USA was kind of a, had a recent, uh, actually theatrical release, right? Was it pre-COVID or during? Uh, it was during COVID. COVID. I, I know the Cinematheque had it a part of their uh, virtual cinema. Oh, and it was like, that's exactly what I wanted. Like, it's got bonkers cover art where there's helicopters. Yes. There's probably flamethrowers. There's always Uzis. Um, <laughs> probably a flag flying somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, just like the mayhem you see on a poster. And you're like, yep, okay, I got at least seven scenes that I'm really looking forward to. Usually um, uh, some sort of car- crazy car chase. Yes, something like Miami Connection as well. That, oh, that, that was just yes, like yes. a great, uh, yeah, great movie. Uh, <laughs> like the Samurai Cop in that. Yes. Oh, oh, I would. I would venture to say so. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. So it's 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 that that kind of that kind of energy is what we're looking for next time with with straight to VHS action, which means you know it doesn't Chuck Norris, the king of eighties like action movies, <laughs> in your video store. Those weren't always playing on a big screen at your local. Uh, yes. So. Uh, yeah, so 90s, well, not necessarily 90s, but like VHS, straight to VHS action films. Oh, I think this is going to be one of our best episodes. <laughs> I'm calling it now. It's only the I'll... third, but it's going to be great. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll check in next episode and uh, see what we come up with. Uh, talk soon, Mike. See you later. Bye.